we'll play some music. Anything exciting you want to say before we start? You're looking very sexy today. There's a temptation, you know, JB, to leave that in, you know, our little <laughs> prequel mix, but I wouldn't do such a thing. I don't think I? we need to go live with our little smutty comments. Off no, no. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight. I'm AP. And I'm JB. And I've been on holiday, so I am not as prepared as I normally am. You know that I put weeks into preparing for this, and that's just my face and and my beard trimming. But, you look um, better for the holiday because. Um, what I do you mean, look better? In what way? You've got a bit more colour. Um, you yeah. look rested. You've, your bags under your eyes have disappeared, <laughs> and you look even more attractive and ravishing than I would normally say. So you know that's a win-win for me. That's very, very nice. Yes, I, I stayed in um, the most lovely place in Mallorca, uh, Andrakash, it's called, um, in, a, in a lovely villa with a pool and overlooking this lovely harbour. In fact, I'm just thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> it was so nice. Apart from uh, the three hour delay on the flipping flight on the way out, which is a nightmare. Do you know what was flattering, though, is the fact that you thought of me when you were being delayed? Um, so for the listener's benefit, uh, about, I think it was quite late in the evening on a Monday, I think it was about, yeah, it must've been about a week ago. Well, it was weird. You came back a couple of days, right? And uh, I had a message from JB stuck in the airport, maybe think of you. And that's because me and JB spent so much time in airports in 2018, 2019, I think a lot of time. We spent um, more time with each other than with our wives. It's true. It, and, and the thing is, it's funny, isn't it? When you think about the fact that we might be in the same building, but we don't talk outside nine to five with our wives in 2018, 2019, I'm pretty sure we worked out it was 130 days where I was abroad in 2019, 103 of them were with JB. Um, and that is, you know, um, uh, uh, traveling, working. And then we were stuck with each other in the evening because we had no, well, JB couldn't escape. I basically <laughs> I ba handcuffed myself to him because I was, a, he was my ningy new. <laughs> and then, uh we were absolutely locked down locked in with our wives couldn't we get were. away from them do you I remember jb anywhere else I, for the benefit of the listener if you feel free to f fast forward five minutes because we're going to do a little bit of navel gazing i think it's only right do you remember and I'll, I'll see if we can get nathan to 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 tune into this episode do you remember when um you you convinced me and nathan to go to this rather posh taster type restaurant where we then had these whole crabs we had to eat that just disintegrated in your mouth it's in Hong I, Kong, I think. Well, I think initially you thought it was a table decoration, um, yeah. you know, featuring local, minute little crabs. Um, but uh, then then I started eating them, I think, or one of us did. And, and uh, then we got the bill. And then know, for... they, they probably are table decorations. And we, ju we were just being polite and we actually ate them. And that's why we got the £630 bill, because we realised we'd actually eaten porcelain ornaments or something. Um, for the rest of our trip in Hong Kong, if I'm not mistaken, we lived in McDonald's to try and bring our average spend per day down. <laughs> Oh yes. Uh, anyway, the purpose, yeah, it was uh, the purpose of this podcast um, is uh, to answer your questions, to talk around leadership uh, themes, which have been, uh, I guess, our knowledge and thinking has been brought about due to extensive travel around the world of of ornaments to eat from restaurants and crabs in Hong Kong. Yeah, and of course, our listeners give us feedback as well. Me and JB are really lucky, really, and I, I often forget 
how much we may take for granted that we spend all day every day often doing webinars with audiences who give us context to our thinking um just earlier today me and jb were running a webinar on managing upwards and there were some really fascinating comments in the chat box but because the chat box was so busy before the end of the podcast you almost forget half the stuff that's been said you think oh really that's that's a whole i think if i think you were your words were that's opened up a pandora's box and, I, and i'm trying to remember what it was for discussion um anyway if you were on that webinar and listen to our podcast do remind us what the prolific comment was um but there you go um, we have listener questions. Uh, if you have a listener question, we'd love for you to message it in to glp at seedle.com. That's G for global, L for leader, P for podcast at seedle.com. I'll stop because JB, I think, has remembered what the prolific comment I was. I do now remember because it, in managing upwards, uh, we were talking about the relationship, managing the relationship, and whose responsibility was it to manage that relationship was it a hundred percent the manager um was it 50 percent manager 50 percent direct report or some other combination of percentages so um and actually it just created a, a really big conversation about who has responsibility for the relationship uh between a manager and a direct report and it, you, it, the instant response is, well, of course, it's the manager's responsibility to make sure that the relationships work in a team. Um, but actually, is that is that right? I don't know. It, 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 so it was quite – when you think about it in percentage terms, it's actually yeah. quite challenging. Uh, what, what's interesting is I think I also um, misinterpreted some of the responses to the audience to be who has more power in the relationship. Yeah. Um, and that was another dynamic, actually. That was yeah. another dimension of it, which was quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it, uh, I guess, I mean, I would agree with, I mean, I don't know, JB, I would say it's 50-50 is my take. Um, there is a responsibility of, well, no, maybe, okay, 55% leader, 45% direct report. Mm. Um, because I think that the, um, but the, the, the 5% is is instilling confidence that it is a 50-50 relationship with your direct report. Um, so the, the webinar we were doing in question was around managing upwards. Um, but of course we don't invite the managers onto that webinar to say how you need to be managed is by your direct reports is like this. So it's quite difficult as a dynamic. You're trying to train people to be more confident, to stand up for and stand up to their boss. Um, and again, there were some interesting comments that came into the chat box from a person called PK, for example, who said that I think it's very difficult for managers to be willing to accept criticism or be stood up to. Yes, and, and and I think we then took that conversation into mindset. You know, maybe uh, every person in your business, line manager, and you, as part of your managing upwards relationship, need to say we've been doing some work in one of our webinars with Seedle about mindset, dynamic or fixed. You see, my four-year-old is five-year-old now. It's just peered through the window, wondering if we're on a webinar or not, which we are technically. Um, but yeah, does he, does he need more time on his iPad, or what? Does he have to <laughs> negotiate more time? The five-year-old doesn't. He's unlimited yeah. because he's got some self-control. The ten-year-old, however, doesn't. One second. Yeah. I'm I'm recording. Is everything okay? <laughs> right, Here okay, we have a, a live negotiation between an oh, adult well. and a child. Do um, I say hello, Daniel? And then you need to go. Yeah, let's have okay. a, let's have a look. Now, the minute the minute the camera suggested, then he bye. He's uh, just, bye. Uh, for the benefit of the listener, he'll have his, when he listens to this in ten years, his voice is broken. Sorry, JP. 
I in the I, I know that power over power with in the context of um, the conversation we were having about the manager and the direct report. Um, you know, power is one thing; responsibility is another. Or do they fit into the same sort of thing? I mm. would never ever want to employ a manager or leader who thinks it is their right to have power over their people. Um, I would want them to consider having uh, more of a sort of partnership, a relationship partnership, a conversation partnership uh, with their people, rather than thinking that they have to have this total responsibility for, for maintaining, building the relationship. Because that, you know, standing up to and standing up for if if i had a manager or leader in my employee that wasn't able to be challenged um and their people felt that they couldn't stand up to them i wouldn't want to employ them in the first place would you no no i agree uh, I, and it, it's interesting because again in this pod in the podcast in the webinar earlier there are a lot of people I think that have imposter syndrome. So ironically, I, I wonder whether some of those people were in the audience because they were being overmanaged upwards and didn't understand how they could power right. over people when they needed to. Yeah. yeah. So they almost, it, it seems that they, you know, maybe they, they, they can, they're struggling. And, and one of the things that so often me and JB come across in our webinars and face to face things is that people govern with knowledge. Knowledge is power but they their knowledge they seem to rely on is their technical skills of the job they used to have when they're an individual contributor and presume that they have to be the subject matter expert and that's how they power over people um and and unfortunately a lot of recruitment decisions in leadership at first line level almost is weighted towards the technical knowledge of the hire as opposed to their leadership capabilities as a manager and i have to wonder and it's shame lisa who was a guest on last week's podcast isn't here to answer the question what weighting do hiring managers give when they're hiring managers um you yeah. know to the to the leadership capabilities of that individual versus the technical you go and place this it guru into a chief technology officer job they come in and they power over with all their knowledge well this is how we do things here and actually people initially are inspired or kind of excited by the knowledge this person has but very quickly it becomes a power over relationship where it's not 50 50 anymore it's interesting that at the beginning of that session that we did uh <laughs> they, they we did the like trust and respect test which is always, I always find it quite fascinating how different that is every time we do it with these different groups and they're global groups, but they, you know, today, uh, the respect was reasonably high, uh, like was reasonably high, but trust was uh, out of 10. I think it was a five. I think you're right. Um, I think it was two... seven on like, five on trust, eight or nine on respect. Yeah. So as we went further into the webinar and we had all the, the, the communication from everybody, it seemed to me that quite a few of them had that kind of respect for their technical abilities mm. in the in the leaders. Um, but they didn't. I mean, I wish we'd had more time, really, because, yeah. you know, now never gives you enough time to really have a good full on conversation with them, although it's a two part series. So we might get some more stuff out of them on the next session. Um, I I think that that tech, that respect thing, something to be aware of is uh, that, that the respect is often about the, the leader's technical expertise 
rather than their people thing. So I think the trust is telling about the relationship uh, and the power and the responsibility thing that we were just talking about. Uh, the respect is te- often technical and the like um, I think is quite simple. You know, it is the likability of that individual. Are they mm-hmm. likable? Uh, they're, they're quite interesting dynamics, those three perspectives, I think, for um, it, it, if nothing else, having a really good open conversation uh, with with people in teams about, you know, I, I really like I like it when you do that. Not so keen when you do that, you know. I, I, I trust you on this sort of stuff, but not so much on this. Uh, you've got to have a really high trust team to be able to cover some of these this ground. Really, I think it's quite it's quite fun when you're um, working with new executive leaders, JV. Because obviously, you've worked uh, with executives far more extensively than I have. Certainly, from giving them capability around leadership. Mm. Um, if one of those was to say to you, I'm going into a new role, um, you know, and I, I'm keen to build relationships with that in mind, with the question that we raised earlier on, or you mentioned, which is whose job is it to manage the relationship? Mm. What would be your guidance to a leader going into that business for the first hundred days and how they, that, that answer to that question and then how they go to, to build that? Because the first hundred days often first week is always don't really get to know them but by three months in the reputation of that new chief executive or senior leader is probably relatively established plus in the meantime all the people have then gone and found out from the previous people in their networks what they were really like to work for last time yeah well i do know i i if it if it was one thing one thing to focus on uh that is it's it's all about giving people a damn good listening to it's about listening it's about demonstrating uh, either on a one-to-one basis uh, or, you know, opening up a, to a group of people uh, or possibly the entire business and being really receptive to what's being said uh, and and really understanding what's being said, aiming, seeking to understand what's being demonstrating that you are trying to understand what's being said responding to it thinking about it asking supplementary questions to further your understanding of what's being said so to me that's the most important thing to do is to demonstrate your listening and i i remember making a, a big mistake in going into a business uh, as the new leader and i i think i succumbed to the pressure uh from a uh, a, a senior leadership team that were hungry for f- fast turnaround and fast results. And I, I I succumbed to that pressure and formed a business plan and went down and told them how it was going to be. Right. And that, you know, when you said that you, sometimes you've got reputations that you take before, you know, you go in there, mine was more of a, a communicator stroke collaborator um, and the word that I got from one individual after that um, first communication I did was disappointment. And that was gut-wrenching for me, absolutely. And, and then I realized what I'd done. I was doing power over yeah. rather than power with. Great lesson it, for me. It's interesting because I know a lot of your work over the years, feels like I'm interviewing you all of a sudden, which is quite exciting. 
over the years, you've talked about the importance of your triangle with doing what's right for the business and its people. And it sounds yeah. to me like a lot of these leaders then on that basis go in and they think whose job is it to manage the business? And they forget about the whose job is it to manage the people, which is the relationship you piece you yeah. talk about. Absolutely. Um, and in but your just, world, it, it, yeah. just to, to, to explain very briefly that the triangle is just three, three ways of turning up uh, in a, in a business and uh, you know, to be conscious uh, of your coach style and your coach style covers everything from, you know, really great instruction through to really great coaching um, and being able to be flexible and dynamic along the spectrum from instruction through to supervision, through to mentoring, through to coaching. This is following the interests of the people. This is doing the people thing. Uh, the leader is about the ability to articulate the current experience of all stakeholders and a future vision, a future experience that is considerably better than the one that we're in now, making it inspiring and delivering it in some form of a, of a campaign that sticks. Uh, so that's the leader perspective, um, you know, what we need to give off. Um, and then obviously, you know, the manager is the knitting. It's the day to day, making sure that, you know, systematically, uh, we're working on all the things that matter, the, the, the KPIs, um, the forecasts, the objectives, the tasks, all of that stuff, but knitting that back up to the bigger vision, uh, so that it makes sense you know, uh, and then back down to, you know, this is why we need to be a high performance team, because we need to deliver this vision to get us to this point. But we need to stick to the knitting. Otherwise, we fall over. And and, and I, often, you're referring to it as the as the three legged stool. Um, and if we have one of those legs of that stool falling over, uh, we've got a problem, you know, too, too much coaching, um, and not enough management uh, we're gonna we're gonna slant it one way, and too much management and enough coaching, it's gonna fall over the other way. The leader uh, position is to maintain that balance uh, and keep the eye on the prize. You know that dot on the horizon. Mm. And um, so I used to hold uh, managers and leaders to account uh, for those three dimensions: the ones who did it best. Um, got the best performance in every dimension. Uh, weird that, isn't it? But that's why that that's thing that could be put on a, a flip chart. It could be put on a beer mat uh, or an A4 piece of paper and a conversation can come from it is, is one of the most powerful things I've ever come across in my um, career to be honest with you, which is why, why I keep doing it because it's quite, it's, well, it's, it's just gets people really thinking about, you know, what they need to focus on. Uh, uh, with you doing this now, 18 years, <laughs> um, has the workplace evolved in its challenges of leadership capabilities or are we starting to see some sort of evolution of the importance of people skills versus business skills that's such a good question and that's such a good question um I'd, I'd love us both to answer that question but i'll i'll aim to have a go <laughs> at it first um and i i think you know business had the the kind of uh post-war um direct directive 
uh, instructive power over uh, kind of thing going on um, that that still still pervades in in organizations it's still it's still there and in some it's alive and kicking uh in in some places you know it's almost sort of narcissistic in the way that it still operates and dare i say it um it is fairly male dominated in that respect um however uh since then uh i think uh thankfully we have an increasing number uh, of women in senior positions and on boards, thank goodness. And hopefully that will continue. Um, And I think that creates uh, a a much better balance uh, in teams and in organizations. You know, back back in the kind of just post-war time, it was a very male-dominated world. Mm. I think now, you know, we're getting we're getting that mix um, better. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of work to do. Good yeah. God, there's work to do. We, you know, we both accept that. But I think what we what's happened already, I think, is 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 massively valuable. Um, we've got things like COVID, which I think have created uh, all sorts of uh, interesting opportunities and problems uh, in t- in terms of hybrid working and flexible working. Uh, I can't deny I'd always hoped that that would create more opportunities for um, you know flexible flexible working and you know parenting uh, and, and 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 better quality lives and so on. I don't. I hope we don't miss that opportunity really. Um, I I think there's the other the other aspect. You know, I'd, um, here's a here's a here's a supplementary question to this, which I think is quite interesting. If we kind of lead on to this, and that is AI. And uh, the question I was asked as I was floating around uh, on a flamingo uh, in the pool. <laughs> ah, yes, on your holiday. I, I, I'll send you rather the than a real one at Woburn Safari Park. Oh no, no, absolutely. That um, <laughs> I, I, it is actually true. I'll send you the pics. Uh, this this guy that I was um, talking to in the pool, uh, he said, "Do you think? Do you think that within our lifetime, uh, people will be managed by AI machines, AI managers, and AI CEOs?" And you know, so genderless, the arguably, for a moment. Well, yeah. So I was, you know, I'd had a couple of San Miguel's. I was on floating around on my pink flamingo, and I was really open to that sort of question. And I thought, God, that's a absolutely stonking great question. Um, so I said, Well, just let me go around on my flamingo for a bit, and I'll come back to you on that one. Um, and yeah, I'd unfortunately I'd, I'd had a few. I had a few more San Miguel's, and I don't think I actually ever answered that question. Now that I think about it, so I must I must go back and get back on the flamingo, <laughs> answer his question, and not fall asleep again. Yeah. <laughs> um, what an interesting question. Um, yeah. So that that so from from you know post post war we go back that far. I think mm-hmm. it's fair enough, and then to to this day and all the things that have happened in between, and now you know the the future. What does that look like? So we're we're covering some ground here. Um. So interestingly, to answer the question I asked you, mm. and you've then added in a few extra dimensions there. Um. On the 
the gender indifference and that improving over time. What was interesting was I can't, and I'm really frustrated and I haven't got a chance because we've gone way off piece to our original kind of brief for this podcast. There was an article and a piece of research, I think it was last year, that took away the weighting of, of um, gender imbalance, but it looked at a thousand female leaders and a thousand male leaders. And it looked at basically their reputation as a leader in the workplace. And it showed that actually there wasn't significant difference of the percentage that was seen as too dominant and power over versus, you know, so there are equal number. You forget the the the, the, the disparity of percentages yeah. here, but actually within each of the genders, there was an equal number of managers that were seen as not good, not credible as a leader versus competent and capable. Um, there seems, you know, let's assume 55% were seen as good, 45% were bad. There was very little difference between the male and female population in terms of those that were seen as aggressive versus inspiring, exciting, and so on. Um, there was various other things where sometimes the men won, sometimes the women won, but it was really interesting. And I, well, I'll try and find the research now. Oh, interesting on the AI question, if I may, and while you were talking about your flamingos, I was mm. fl floating on it with you, dare I say, for a moment. <laughs> And I, I, I have seen there are various tools out there now. Um, um, uh, one second, just gonna. So the AI question, there are various bits of technology out there now that can, you can coach, for example, and it would respond quite human-like in it. So therefore, I suppose an AI bot could allow you to road test uh, in a simulation environment, the role of a boss. So I could see a place where an AI could be able to mimic the role of a boss, but being able to make decisions on whether that person is willing to be kept on or not, I think there would still need to be some human intervention for it. So maybe um, I could set this AI bot a task of upskill my people on this and it does some training with them, but then it expects them to role play and it then feeds back to me as the managing director of that company to see how they got on in the role plays, that possibly. But in terms of total accountability for bleeding people, I don't think so. I don't think that would be sitting right with many people. In in operations, Ant, uh, you know, if, if KPIs need to be you know, where it's strictly strictly managed, uh, KPIs need to be done, uh, targets need to be hit, um, and objectives need to be set, tasks need to be organized and outcomes measured. And, you know, the, the, the operations manager, uh, where they're just managing results and there's a sort of, you know, a default, um, kind of carrot or a default stick mm. uh that 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 comes in when that hasn't been achieved or that's over then they 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 release the bonus or um mm. you know very operational very cold very clinical yeah uh that that side of it would that would that free up a manager to be more of a coach if all of that was a system that was done off an app. I see. I see. I, I don't. Mean. I don't know. I'm just playing around. I, you know, I, I kind of parked that on my flamingo, and I haven't gone back to it since. But now I'm thinking about it. I, I, I I'm scared by what I'm saying. I can't deny. Well, but, but, but no, I don't know if you are though, because if your beautiful triangle is all about this relationships and who's responsible for managing the relationship, the human 
yeah. is in charge of the relationship, but the AI could be in charge of doing what's right for the business. The so systematic the, approach. Yeah. And, and actually being able to send prompts, which actually how much human intervention would be needed for me to, you know, if I can evaluate the quality of your work and it doesn't need to be through a one-to-one -one conversation, actually the system does it for you and says, you've not sent me this yet. I'm still waiting for this report to come in. I've read the report. It's full of typos. Uh, yeah, or I can help you finish it for you. Um, yeah. You're 15 points away from this particular KPI. What are you going to do about it? Um, yeah. I'm satisfied with your response that you're on plan. Um, I think that could work, which ironically, to, to bring all this into big one, big, comfortable little barbecue with full of cheese and things you said to me earlier, JB. Yeah. If it gives me more gooey time with my people which does require leadership and communication and collaboration capabilities, then maybe it is a good thing. I think it's quite interesting. It's the, it's the gooey, sticky cheeseburger um, of, of AI management. Yeah. But I, it's I complimentary like it. and, and gives the, the coach uh, part of that triangle an opportunity to do, to do better work. Uh, with the people, so they both review progress from the K from the uh, AI's KPI AI world, <laughs> um, and uh, but the but a, a lot of that is managed day to day by a sodding AI machine. Mm. That that we we might look back in five years time and just say, wow. That flamingo stroke cheeseburger moment in your podcast was the way forward. You had no idea how close you were to how it was going to be. We have a fair number of downloads from 27, 28, 2017, 18, by the way. Gosh, and I've not listened to our old episodes, but that's four years ago. And I now wonder whether we need to go and listen to our episodes four years ago to see if what we said back then is now true. Um, to answer the question very briefly in the direct question we were asking of each other, do I think that there has been an evolution in capability around leadership skills in the workplace uh, in the last 18 years? Fortunately, I worked for UKRD, which we both know won lots of awards in main, uh, sorry, I say main, with a huge contribution to that piece from the work you did with them, mm. which is how you and I met. So 18 years ago, I was working for a company that I was therefore say was pretty revolutionary in its in its people uh, capability, which is why it did so well as it did. Um, certainly from the non-sales side, I would say it was um, a an exceptional um, company um, in terms of its people skills. Uh, what has been fascinating for me with you, JB, over the last certainly eight, nine years since we were reunited, thrown back together in a in a clinch in of a cheeseburger excitement. yeah in a cheeseburger over linkedin um some yeah god scary eight nine years ago ihs Is it really oh my god um you hadn't been married that long if you remember um well, you were getting married and anyway mm. the rest is, is history wow. um but um we've had an opportunity to go all over the world meet lots of different levels of capability we had executive leaders right through to leaders that were due to had were been given the title but not the team yet um, and what was fascinating was, is that a lot of them still relied heavily on their technical skills. If we look at the webinars now, even today, we had a comment saying, I don't think that would work in my situation, which shows that there clearly is still a power over presence. Now that could be, a, um, based on the fact that the session we were doing was attracting that type of individual that's going to give that type of response. But 
I, I certainly don't, from the clients we work with at the moment, there is a number of them that say we've, we've got too many people with technical strengths around their subject matter that they used to do versus the people element that is so absent in their toolkit. Which is why I think it's really, we, 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 I'd love to get, if you're a listener to this podcast and you are either a hiring manager that hires by volume, managers specifically rather than individual contributors, or you work in recruitment and you are hiring for managers, what weighting of conversation do you put around the people capabilities in your hiring decision or feedback? In the CV, is there things you look for that are around leadership capabilities? And if so, what is it? Because as a leader in 18 years, I've been a manager for 18 years, flipping heck. Um, I learned fortunately from the beginning what was the right way to do it. Don't get me wrong, I've made loads of mistakes along the way. I'm not suggesting for a moment I'm polished. I'm definitely not. And every day I'm thinking, oh, could have handled that differently. But what I would say is that I haven't seen, with the organisations we work with, an evolution of capability of, with people skills. I still see what we see day in, day out, which is promoted for technical skills without the people skills readiness. That AI stuff that could be replaced, um, arguably, because it is a robot, in theory, we could have loads of people that are trainers or instructors of the knowledge I used to have, but, um, you know, what's missing is the, is the, is the right side of your triangle, JB, the people. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's, that's consistent. Um, but what I, what I find totally inconsistent is, you know, having worked in this sector for God knows how many years now is the, it's just the inconsistencies you know, some some organisations actually really focused on uh, really good values, really good communications, um, and and others that are still stuck in an old world of just throwing down directives, uh, hoping it's going to stick, not really understanding that you know that leadership world, that leadership work uh, is really articulating you know the difference between the current experience and what the future experience could be making it inspiring but understanding in this over communicated world of work that we operate within it has to be a campaign a solid well thought through well structured campaign that hits that sticks so many leaders forget that and they forget how important it is to have really, really good listening skills and really good communication. And for me, that is, and I know I bang on about it all day long, but it is the frequency, the quality, and the impact of everyday conversations in the entirety of the organization, not just in the boardroom. And that cascade is so, so important. That that to me, it's a, a good, a good organization. Uh, is run by people who understand the power of conversation. The, you know, with the, a, an organization that doesn't get that, that doesn't um, engender a spirit of great conversation uh, throughout the, it, you know, some people see it as a waste of time. You, you're just chatting. You're just wasting time. You're, just, you're here to to do the job, get on with it. 
Um, and I, I'm always nervous about that. That seems to me a, a, a negative energy to take away that human right uh, to 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 build their confidence in the way that they have conversations with their colleagues, with with their direct reports, and with their and with their bosses. And and you know, to, has that changed in the last twenty years? Has that has that grown? Has that grown in importance in the last twenty years? I'm not so sure. Mm. What a very topic to what we were originally going to be talking about. Well, how did we get there? It all started on a pink flamingo. It did. It did. Shall we? Uh, we have a couple of listener questions. We also have that other big topic, which I think is a monster in itself. And I'm conscious of time for our. My, my, my dog has just sat on my headphone cable, which means I'm slightly. If you see me with my neck slightly twisted, it's because the dog is waiting down my my headphones now. Nice. Twizzle, can you? Okay. Never mind. Um, yeah, what do you want to do, JB? Should we, should we, we, we can move on to our other topic. We, we have a couple of listener questions. Is there anything specific that you'd prefer we did? What do you want to do with the time we have today remaining? Well, I, you know, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, just going uh, in all of these different directions and having a little bit of a, a nice chat. I, I feel that just all I need now is a nice little glass of red wine, mm. little Chianti, um, maybe a packet of Quavers, uh which is always nice if you a nice red nice glass of red wine with a with a nice bowl full of quavers Ooh. and they can they're, they're not very um big on the calories and i know they're highly processed oh. food and everything but mm. um but they are one of my my favorite my favorite crisp actually is a prawn cocktail quaver which i found last year yeah they are absolutely uh delicious love those um sorry i've I've diverted away into another world um so we have a listener question to get us back on track otherwise we'll lose another um two million listeners (laughs) um i like this one um thank you very much to Gemma. um Gemma, i don't know how to pronounce your surname it begins with an e and then it is it's lots of vowels anyway uh yeah vowels um looking back what is the one piece of advice you wish you'd received earlier in your leadership career? Oh, gosh. Looking well, back, what is the one piece of advice you wish you'd had received earlier in your leadership career? Thank you, Gemma. Be yourself. I think, I think uh, you know, how, how important it is to be yourself. I think when I started off in management, I, I thought I needed to be a manager and in my in my head, I thought that was something quite different <laughs> to to who I am and what I stand for. And I thought it was quite, you know, so I thought it was a little bit sort of power over actually. I thought it was a bit sort of authoritative mm. and knowledgeable of the subject, you know, more than anyone else. And I I think I was quite nervous about admitting the fact that I didn't really know everything. So I, I sort of, I think I pretended that I did, uh, which is not a, it's not a good, it's not a good look. It's not a good look at all. Um, I think I covered it reasonably well, because you know I, I think I'm reasonably articulate. So I, I got away with it. But then you know that awful feeling as a young manager, 
uh, where you you kind of go go to bed at night thinking, I'm not sure I'm getting away with this because I'm imposter. I'm an mm-hmm. imposter. Um, so uh, I I think if a nice, really good, nice person that just respected me for who I am um, said to me, do you know what? Just be you. Just do you. Um, and you know, if you if you lost your job for being you, then you're in the wrong job. <laughs> That's a really good point. My oh goodness. So I I think I've always been myself, <laughs> but maybe I've been too. Do you remember JB? I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, where. There was a period in my life where I had DJ Ant. Oh, yeah. Office Ant. Yeah. And Home Ant. Mm. And it was very subconscious. But my confidence in a bar, restaurant, nightclub on the radio, I was autotelic, which yeah. is what you and I talk about. Well, you, you was a phrase you taught me. Um which is almost autopilot and therefore super confident and can feel whatever is thrown at you, you are okay to handle the situation. I feel quite autotelic now doing webinars with the technology. I feel like yeah. I can play around with sound effects in the background and it's Glad autotelic. <laughs> <laughs> but then I know that I can rely on you for the subject. You know, I know that often um, if I'm feeling a bit wobbly in a particular piece of content, JB, what do you think? And then away you go. And then I've even learned from you saying it for the 15th time. Um, <laughs> but, How many? That's well, a big OTH. Well, well, I guess because you and me have run these webinars, you know, we, we yeah. evolve them slowly but surely. But there are certainly key messages that that land better from you, anyway. But I was often told that you need to bring the DJ ant into the office because the office ant seems to have this imposter syndrome. Mm. And ironically, it was because my first boss had powered over me, yeah. and I'd lost I'd lost my confidence, um, and I I'd stopped believing in myself probably um my piece of advice is and i haven't been given it unfortunately so i'm not really answering your question is um embrace leadership training as early as possible as you can um actually no do you know what the one piece of advice that i was given early in my career which i do carry with me now is don't piss too many people off on your way up the ladder because yeah, you don't know who you're yeah. gonna need on the way back down um and case in point um there is actually a listener to our podcast, ironically, that had said how they regretted how they behaved on the way up the ladder and how they know they burnt some bridges that are now on the way back down. But ironically, I think history's been kind to that person because they are humble and learnt from it and they were dynamic. Um, I'm not going to name them, but I think you know who I'm on about, JB. Mm. Um, but but yeah, there you go. So I think don't, don't upset too many people on your way up because you don't know who you're going to need on the way back down was the best piece of advice I've given. And I actually give that to my kids quite regularly you know and that's i know it's probably a bit young at 12 years old don't piss off the you know your head teacher because they you know you might need them to employ you as a school teacher in 20 years time i don't know um on on the subject of pissing people off Hmm. um i (coughs) excuse me i'm doing a whole lot of um content now uh for some other areas and um as i as i'm writing all of this stuff and um doing my thing i sometimes get it i still sometimes get a voice of someone i used to work with <laughs> who would say to me that's 
really interesting about whatever I'd said or whatever I'd written or whatever I presented. It's really interesting. And then you'd know that there was a but. There's a but coming. But have you read this particular book? Have you have you read this particular article? It's something I read recently that I think would be very interesting for you to have a look at. And uh, this person uh, is in my. It gets into my head still to this day because of that. And so let's unpick that just for a sec. What that means, because I I talk to people about this, and they they agree with you know a lot of that. Um, it is a bit impostery um when people say uh that you that's an interesting thought that's an interesting idea have you read uh the inner game of tennis by timothy galway you know have you read uh, mindset by <laughs> uh, dr carol dweck have you you know uh, uh, it, it's like they are positioning themselves as having greater expertise and knowledge than you knowing that you probably haven't read this particular book uh, and therefore they are claiming a higher level of intellect or knowledge over you. Um, and I, I, I'm just being honest as we, I think we're both being really honest in this session. Well, we always are, but you know, this is particularly honest about some of the things that, you know, we, we, we struggle with sometimes. And I still, I still have stuff like that. And, you know, who am I? Um, but then I think, well, actually, why not me? You know, I've had God knows how many years of doing this stuff. I've, I've been training and developing online, offline, uh, and I've, I've had so many conversations with so many people, and I've written a book, um, and I've been trained to death. So I am entitled. <laughs> I am entitled. Um, so I think it's, I think it's, um, it's good sometimes just to to recognize that you know the most important thing i think is to be genuine is to is to be us to do you mm. um but also not to beat yourself up uh do not do not allow yourself to beat yourself up and have the confidence uh sometimes to go out there with with maybe you know, 50 or 60% of the, the stuff that you feel you need mm. and just do it anyway um, because it's going to be a learning experience for you. It's so, it's so unusual really to, to, to embark on something with a hundred percent sense of readiness. It's very unusual to have everything you need to do what you need to do, whether it's technical, whether it's confidence, whether it's whatever it is, you know, often it it could be as little as 40, 50%. If, if you can view it, whatever it is, as a learning experience, uh, I, I think it can be really valuable. And I, I, it's only taken me 60 years to get to that point in my life where I just see it as a, this is, I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn this. Um, I'm going to learn some stuff. I'm going to make some mistakes. And it doesn't, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because I'm just going to do me. I'm just going to be me. I wish I wish someone had kind of had that conversation with me when I was a lot younger and given yeah. me confidence to look at life that way. Yeah. Okay. There we are. There's a revelation. Woo! 
we've we've covered some ground. Hopefully, Gemma, that answered your question there. And yeah, cool. if you have a listener question, glp at seedor.com <laughs> is the uh, email address to send them to. Uh, JB and I like to record these once a week. We should, at w- 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 some point, we need to reintroduce alcohol to our proceedings. Do you remember back in the day we used to? In fact, do you know what we should do? You and me are with Joe in a couple of weeks. Oh yes. Could I bring a microphone and we yeah. just board one? face to face with a bottle of wine either in your shed after we've been out on the lash or yes. we take the microphone to where we go on the lash we could record it in the queen's head in ramsgate oh no I'd, I'd get too many interruptions because um, you're, you're well known around the area well it's so popular Delphi, actually the shed would probably make sense actually or around the kitchen table or, or in your your one that's on the beach on the pier yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited. Oh, yes. about, I saw that being built when I was last at your place, and I know yeah. you're regular now, isn't it? So, were you? Was it not open when you were last here? No. Oh no. wow. Okay. Well, would that would that would that's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's that's breakfast there, I reckon, as well. At, yeah. at Seedle prices. <laughs> yes. Yes. No expense spared on yeah. a Seedle summer end of summer trip. We need you to book in at your restaurant for the evening. Um, ah, well. At, uh, Oh, there's a lovely place where they have these tiny little crabs. Crabs <laughs> made out of porcelain, <laughs> and they they bill you for they're, them. They're up. really they're really crunchy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't have very much flavour, but they're they're very expensive. Uh, anyway, if you have a listener question, we'd love to hear from you. Um, in our next episode, we will cover what was going to be originally, which is not, I'm going to have to delete the description now that we have on our podcast platform. Replace it with this, um, but that's all good. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, we also love your listener questions and guest suggestions. If there's someone, if you're listening to this podcast and reckon you can be on one of our panels, one episode in three or four, we like to bring in some people now. We've done a couple of them and they seem to work quite well. Me and JB also like this kind of randomness of kicking things around without having to think too much. And that's quite nice too. And again, if you're, the download number suggests you like it, but if you think we need to do more or less of any particular thing, do we get in touch? GLP, Global Leadership Podcast, GLP at com is the email. Uh, JB, what is your plans for the coming days um oh wow i've got uh i've got a very early coaching session tomorrow morning Mm -hmm. um and uh i've got uh my conversation partnership uh loads of stuff that i'm doing on that right now uh really coming together um stand by on that one and i'm also uh, helping my uh, stepson get ready for university. He's going to, <gasps> yes, he's going to Brighton Uni, and I'm driving him down there in the Mazda Bongo with all his kit and caboodle. This is the younger of the two. Yeah, yeah, he's going off to university. The other one is um, going, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, going into the army. Uh, he's nearly wow. there. Yeah. Um, and The thing um, is, is that our listeners have listened to your journey with these two boys. Well, they're fantastic. Um, they're, they're, I'm so proud of them. Uh, I really am. Uh, they've they've been through it, but they're brilliant. They're brilliant kids. And uh, so, yeah, to have one going to uni and the other going into the army uh, is uh, an exceptional result. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all uh, happening. And uh, what about you, Anne? What are you up to? Well, do you know what? I was going to say to you, can I borrow your bongo? Because on Friday, we're going to Tring camping in a farm. Oh, with your inflatable tent. With our inflatable tent, which is fortunately, this this farm has electric hookup, which is handy because if you have a manual pump to pump up this tent, it will take you about half an hour. It's a 12-man tent. Um, it's a pretty amazing tent, to be fair. 
um, I borrowed it off of a friend and then they said, do you want to just keep it? And I gave them about a quarter of what they paid for it wow. three months earlier and I was the only other person that used it. So anyway, yes. And it's a bit late in the summer. It's early autumn, really. Luckily, it's not going to be too bad. So we've got that. Um, similar, interestingly, JB, um, my oldest boy, eldest boy, should I say, has uh, um, joined the REF Air Cadets. Oh, um, great. The open evening was Friday. He's been wanting to get into it for at least two years, but you have to be under 13, as in you have to be 12, becoming 13 in the academic year to join the REF Cadets. So literally the first opportunity, he was even applying online in my name, which I then told him off for. Ironically, he did the wrong stuff, so it never came through. I applied opening evening was on friday just gone his first session was yesterday he came out beaming from ear to ear with how much he enjoyed marching around and stuff and so yeah similar to your uh firstborn your other half's firstborn should i say i think my first boy born um has a career in the armed forces because he came out just this is me this is, and you can oh, and i think wow. the scratch is good for him so yeah so that and so therefore my 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 weekdays now are tuesday friday rf cadets monday he's got football practice i've got three other children that i also have to consider but unfortunately he seems to have won the war on three days a week already so wow so um, that seems to be my week now i watched something the other night uh i think it's called 13 hours to save britain Ooh. It's. I think it's something like that. Thirteen hours to save Britain, and it it is magnificent. It is the story of the RAF um, uh, in the Battle of Britain, and and how that how that how that evolved, and witness accounts of watching uh, the hurricanes and Spitfires doing their work. Uh, just mind-blowing actually really really mind-blowing stuff um so the reason that, that that's really fascinating for me by the way is because uh the squadron that he's joined yeah were one of the squadrons in battle of britain oh gosh well, so has- he's got so they they are really kind of like keen on that and his squadron in question uh flew the hurricanes Oh, um, gosh. In the Battle of Britain. Uh, and they had, I believe, quite a low number of casualties. So there you go. Um, right, we better we better log off because I think my dinner might be getting cold and I believe your cheese your cheese quavers and red wine might be kind of becoming waiting, a bit more Waiting soggy. for me. Yeah. Um, I wish I could find... I'm, I'm pretty sure it's something like 13 hours to save Britain. Have a, have will, a, have a look at it. I'll have a dig. Uh, <laughs> it'll be inspirational. I think we have one more podcast scheduled to happen in the next couple of weeks. And also me and JB will then record a special edition face-to-face in a few weeks time where I think red wine will be on, on, on tap for fun. Um, Super duper. Lovely. There you go. Okay. Uh, Anyway, thank you very much for listening. You've got any questions? GLP at Seedle.com is the email address to go to. Other than that, I've been AP. And I've been JB. Now where's that flamingo? Flamingo.